I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Texas in the United States. He works for DSWI as the Chief Operating Officer. He was first awarded as MVP in 2018. He's a regular speaker and panelist at conferences and user group meetings. He speaks on technical process improvement as well as real-world business topics. He's passionate about Power BI and the Power Platform. You can find links to his bio, LinkedIn, Twitter, etc., all in the show notes for this episode. Uh, so take a look there. Welcome to the show, AJ. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure being on the show. I've heard a lot about it. So uh, good to finally have my turn. Isn't this exciting? Excellent. Yeah, good to have you on. What's what's your specialist area? How You know, if we look at there's over 29 products, Dynamics products now, plus all the power platform space. Where, what's been your specialist tool set or how you've, uh, that you've developed in your career? So it would, uh, bar none, be Dynamics 365 Business Central, or what we in our world historically have known as Dynamics Nav or Navision even. So uh, that's that's been uh, the product I'm most passionate about. That's a product I've worked in almost my entire career. And uh, that's uh, that's also why I or how I ended up on the uh, MVP side. Now, I'm passionate about some other products and technologies, uh, Power BI. Uh, just absolutely love it. Do a lot of uh, interesting, fun stuff with that. And uh, trying to get more and more into uh, other Power Platform uh, stuff like Power Apps. But yeah, it's, uh, if there's one that uh, so much of my life and my career is focused around, it's uh, uh, Business Central. Joy, work, fun, all of it. I love it. I love it. So before we unpack that a bit more, tell us a bit about uh, you know, where you live, what you do when you're not doing technical or, or IT related stuff and a bit about your family. Sure. So um, I live in Houston, Texas now. Um, I'm originally uh, uh, Arabic and Indian. Uh, that's my heritage. And um, I've grown up in Saudi Arabia. I moved to uh, the States for an education and I stayed. Uh, it, it was great. You know, love living here. Uh, got an opportunity to work here. And, uh, you know, made a life here. So lived in Florida for, for a long time. If somebody asked me just, uh, you know, on the street where you're from, I'm more likely to say I'm from Florida than I am to say uh, where I'm originally from because I spent so much of my time there. But we moved to Texas in 2014. It's become our home. We absolutely love it. Uh, we've got two kids. Uh, my wife and I met over here in, in Florida as well. She's from Turkey. So that's become part of my heritage. Uh, I, I think I speak better Turkish now than uh, probably any other language after uh, after English. So uh, we've been together for 15, 16 years. We've got two little critters, uh, nine and, and four. 
Um, and what do I do for fun when I'm not uh, when I'm not working? Formula One, I think, has to rise to the top. Huge Formula One fan. Uh, love Legos, and I think right now there's this fun little project that my daughter and I are working on. We got ourselves a uh, a Lego Technic McLaren F1 car, and uh, we're going to do that. Yeah, we, we built a little Mercedes AMG F1 uh, Formula One car on, on, with the Lego uh, with Legos. But now we're going to be doing the larger. I think it's a 1400 piece. So uh, be set. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, Formula One. I could talk about it for hours. Love soccer. I love a lot of other things, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so have you been to Turkey much? I have. Uh, so before I met my wife, I lived there for about three and a half uh, years or so. I went to college there. And uh, I think my time there and my uh, little bit of introduction to the language definitely helped when I met my wife much later uh, in Orlando. So uh, yeah, we still go, uh, uh, still go whenever we can. Uh, just Istanbul is a beautiful city. It's like it's you know, just this good mix of old and new. Uh, you know, you see it's, you can see buildings that are 500 years old, and right next to them are you know some nice skyscrapers. So uh, yeah, it's it's such a joy to go back there, and great food too. Mm, the food is amazing, right? Definitely. As my wife and I have spent some time in Turkey as well when we used to live up in Europe, and um, as for every Kiwi or New Zealander. Everyone is, it's part of our education is all around Turkey because back in the Second World War, there's a thing called Anzacs and these are the Australian and New Zealand army that went and fought there and got decimated, got absolutely wiped out under the British kind of uh, rule um, at the time. And, um, and so it's kind of like, it's a pilgrimage that a lot of Kiwis do is go to Gallipoli, you know, just outside of Istanbul um as as a you know place of remembrance of our history i did not know that as i know about the gallipoli uh part of history but more from a turkish perspective right i don't think i've ever uh, had an opportunity to uh, read about it from from the uh, from the other perspective so i'm glad you got a chance to go there i, I think i'm very fortunate that of uh, the, all the places that that i can tie my heritage back to just has great food i mean whether we're talking about indian food or you know good old saudi arabian arabic food or turkish food just uh, food galore. And for anybody who can't see me on the camera, I mean, when you look at me, you can tell <laughs> I like my food, right? <laughs> oh, we we definitely went and, you know, when we were there, went to some very specific restaurants. I can't remember their name, but my wife had them all plotted out based on, you know, they're known for their cuisine and their authenticity and things like that. And, um, you know, for me also, Dan Brown wrote a book um, uh, and that centered around the, you know, the big underground, um, there's like this big underground water reservoir that you can go down into. Um, and it's next to the two big, um, the two big mosques that you see there on the, um, uh, and, and it's just amazing. Cause in his book, he features uh, like a whole underground event was happening and it was a spread of a virus that then went all out around the world and it was so good to go and actually go into that system, that underground area. It was just an amazing um, experience. I didn't know about it, but I'm going to have to ask my wife. She used to be a tour guide uh, when, when she was in college. So maybe she can tell me a thing or two about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so epic. Tell me about your technology journey. How did you get into IT? How did you get where you are now? Would you believe it if I said it was an accidental career? Um, I think when I was a senior in college... And uh, I was looking for, uh, you know, think or coming into my senior year, I was looking for, you know, what am I going to do? 
And, uh, you know, you, you go to your career experiential learning services type of center in your college and you, you look around and I, I come down with three uh, internship opportunities. One was with our local cable company. Um, one was with an environmental engineering firm. And one was with a company that sells ERP software and was an ISV. And uh, I think knowing what ERP stood for helped me get that job because my brother was involved in ERP software, but with an entirely different uh, uh, with different publisher. And so I showed up for the interview, uh, you know, uh, and and I, I think among other things, I told them I knew that it was enterprise resource planning. I really didn't know much more than that. Um, you know, they they decided to make an offer. And would you believe it? Seventeen years later, no wait, if I could do my math, yeah, fifteen, seventeen years later, I'm, I'm still in this uh, in this field. So that's how my my career started as a marketing intern uh, at an ERP firm. Uh, that that later led to uh, some opportunities for me to learn and then express an interest in doing some pre-sale work uh, and, and training others, you know, got me started on my journey as a consultant. Uh, over time, uh, as I was coming through the ranks, I had an opportunity to be a practice leader, uh, to be a pre-sale leader uh, in, in different capacities at, at these organizations. And in 2018, um, I uh, came to DSWI with an opportunity to come on board as a uh, as one of the uh, one of the key executives and as a partner in this organization, and it was uh, it, it was when I could not resist, and I've been here for the last four, uh, going on five years now. Just absolutely glad I I'm here. Love it. We've got a great team of about 26 people, and we, we we're a boutique organization. Uh, almost everybody in our org has business central experience, so it's kind of in our DNA, including our our founder and our CEO. CEO. So uh, I feel very much at home here. It's it's my tribe. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you feel about the journey? Because, you know, you've seen a lot in that time from, you know, Navision, NAV, um, and then into the business central landscape. Um, how's that journey been for you? Were there any times that you were worried about its its um, where it was going? You know, I, I even though I don't sit specifically in that product area, I observed a lot of what was going on through that journey? What's it been like for you? Uh, it's been interesting. So when I first came into the uh, Navision world, uh, I think we were, you probably remember and appreciate Project Green, right? So I think I came towards the tail end of Project Green being a fad and uh, it's, you know, folks realizing that wasn't actually going to happen. And so you know, I heard a little bit about it. And then fast forward about a year or two in uh, was when Microsoft made some significant changes to how their Dynamics products looked. Uh, they added this role-tailored interface, right, kind of a little more of these activity cues and stacks of paper and kind of changing the way uh, the interface behaved and, and whatnot, making more intuitive. As a matter of fact, I, I found a, and uncovered a white paper on that whole role-tailoring concept, uh, which a friend of mine at Microsoft was uh, was part of. I found that out much later. So without going too much off on tangents, coming to your question, um, it, that was a major change. And I think folks who were around for a long time, they struggled with it because there was a who moved my cheese moment. I was early in my enough in my adventure to where that change didn't rattle me. It was, I was still coming to terms, still learning. Um, and so I think I really had an opportunity to jump, you know, feet first and, and kind of become you know, fond of it, become an evangelist for it. I think that it was also pivotal to my career growth. Um, and what I realized though, is as, as we moved a few years forward, that what Microsoft had done, there were some solid breaking type of changes that really affected the Navision community. But what they did in 2009 is really what put 
NAV and now Business Central in the driver's seat that it is compared to some of the other products like GP or SL. Both of them were really good products. They still have a very loyal fan base or a very loyal user base. Um, I, I don't think it's for a lack of functionality, but uh, Microsoft, I think, tore apart Division a little bit more than they did the others. Uh, it affected people who are in the community, but in so doing, it positioned us well to be the SMB product, the one that went to the cloud as a SaaS product, right? Uh, we saw that again. I think Microsoft saw once with some successful risk that they could do it again when they introduced Project Madeira, the first SaaS version, as it were, of Dynamics Nav. That impacted uh, our business quite a bit. Uh, I think, uh, you know, customers not knowing what they should do, uh, partners not sure if this product is going to be, you know, truly where Microsoft was going to end up where Microsoft th thought it would. Uh, should we invest our time and our effort in it? Should we not? What type of businesses should we target? All of those things came in. Uh, but again, I was fortunate to, uh, I think, to be with a product and with, to be with a partner that was willing to uh, really invest in and, you know, go in. So the journey was interesting. It certainly wasn't without its twists and turns. But I think I was fortunate either in my timing or in the organizations that I worked at that they were, that they were open-minded. Right? I think whenever change happens, you see organizations react one of two ways. Either they just kind of you know, get into their little shell and go, we're not going to do this any differently. This is what's worked and this is what we're going to be. Or organizations that say, you know what? Change is an opportunity. So uh, I think uh, it's fortunate from that perspective that they believed in change being an opportunity. That's good. In a way, Project Green kind of did get executed on, right? We went from four <laughs> ERP-related solutions, and we're now down with two, right? Because I know, and I know the GP listeners there might go, oh, hang on a second, GP is still alive and well. Yeah, it is, but it doesn't have a roadmap, right? And and I haven't heard anybody, I've never met anybody that implemented SL. Never. And I've never heard of that product mentioned now for, for four or five years, so I don't know how much install base it has. I know that GP is, you know, in a way you could classify as a historic cash cow for Microsoft, right? Makes good money without any more investment. It's not a strategic direction, but it's uh, it makes money, right, on, on renewals and things like that. So, um, and the last figure I heard was a decent amount of cash. So I can understand that, but strategically, obviously, Business Central and then Dynamics 365 finance and the various modules associated with that is the future scope of where Microsoft is going, which is which is interesting because I always thought that BC, I thought their goal was just everything was going to be Dynamics 365 finance. And it's interesting that BC has has continued to grow, has continued to get a following, has become a big thing in its own right. Um, you know, alongside Dynamics 365 Finance. Yeah, and I think the Business Central uh, application has maybe in some ways, uh, for better or for worse, has struggled with what its identity and placement in the market is. Uh, one, we know that finance and, or that FNSCM uh, application is going to be great in the upper mid market and kind of touching that enterprise space. And you know, there isn't a lot of opportunity for it to come down market. Right, just cost prohibitive, or it takes a lot of time to implement, and because it's targeted at a different space, and I think BC's become a little bit of everything for everyone, uh, where you know below the uh, the market space within which FNSCM plays. So you have partners like us who focus a lot on bigger implementation projects with manufacturers and oil and gas companies, and so we're focusing on you know big SMB 
or lower entry point in the mid-market. And you also have a lot of partners who are experiencing a lot of success with uh, just out of QuickBooks crowd or maybe even first accounting ap- application crowd, right? They're focusing on the pers- the more prescriptive approach. And so uh, I think Microsoft's finding that you know, there's just so much uh, so much space within which Business Central seems to do well. It's what partners want to do with it and, and how well they can do that, whether it's prescriptive or consultative, whether it's a smaller business or a larger business, uh, complexity or simplicity. It seems to be able to do a lot of that quite well. So, um, yeah, uh, I think right now the, the status quo, I think, will remain. They, they have, they've narrowed it down, culled a little bit, if you will, from four to two. And I want to use that word culling very uh, it, with full all due respect to our friends on the GP and SL side, but that, to the point that you made. Right, I think we see that it's now really a, a two-car uh, race in the uh, in the Microsoft world, and these cars are not racing against each other. I think these these are two two different entries from Microsoft in two different categories, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I t- I totally agree. Uh, it's like having the choice of baklava or ice cream, right? Yep. <laughs> like I see what you did there. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't say they're two flavors of ice cream because they're not really, right? But they're two different dessert dishes. Um, so so what are your passion projects at the moment? So one of the ones that uh, I want to focus on this year is, or maybe let's take a little bit of a step back and talk about how this ties into my passion project and what I'm doing. I came with a background as a consultant, right? I, I was a an implementation cons- implementer consultant, and so that was my the functional side of things was my world. I became a little bit of a developer out of necessity initially because I sat squarely between two developers and our team back at Expanded, and uh, they were very helpful, but they were also focusing on larger development tasks. And when I'd have smaller requirements from customers, uh, either I had to wait in queue to get them helped. Or they were more than willing to help me learn some so I could do some of those things myself. And so that's how I learned to do some basic development in, in, in Division. Uh, fast forward, when Microsoft did, uh, made this major technology change moving us to the cloud, they also changed the business central um, or the development language and the development environment for Dynamics Nav uh, in business central into a modern development language using Visual Studio Code. Uh, the new language is called AL. And I found myself suddenly. Uh, kind of, you know, looking at a book written in Latin, right? It went from somebody who had become a certified developer who maybe didn't do as much development all the time, but certainly understood and did development reasonably well to somebody who just was on the outside looking in. So I had to teach myself a little bit, even though at that point I wasn't writing code, but I was still interfacing with our consulting team. And, I, you know, it helped when I could understand what they were doing. It could relate to them, could maybe explain to them how things, you know, what I wanted. And so I started teaching myself. Uh, I went to some red carpet events for Microsoft. Um, I looked around and, uh, you know, with some trial and error, learned certain things. And I realized that there was a real need for this in the other functional, among the other functional consultants that were out there in the marketplace. So I tried this concept out of AL or development for the functional consultant as a session internally within our company. And that resonated with our people. So let's do a webinar. Well, that drew some crowds. And over time, it became from a 30-minute webinar to a series of five or six different things I'd done to where it's now a uh, – and almost at every conference that I go to, I end up doing some of these types of things. It's usually a smaller workshop, a larger workshop, a one-hour session. It's called Ale for the Functional Consultant. And so this year, what I want to do around this is add some more structure to it and uh, maybe create either 
um, you know, a, a blog um, or you know, kind of a series of YouTube videos, and eventually culminating uh, in a book. I want to self-publish a book around AL for uh, for the consultant, and uh, have that basically be in, in the. It's it's for a tribe. It's not for the the, the native developer. I think there's plenty of tools out there, great tools out there for somebody who's got a development background and wants to learn the AL language for Business Central. What this is for is the functional consultant who could do some some basic tasks, some examples, um, you know, adding a field to a table, uh, you know, writing a quick script or a processing report to do some automation, adding a little action on the ribbon. Those are some things that developers have long done. And so how do we train them to do it and do it correctly? Because that's the other part. We're moving from isolated development environments to where people are working in a collaborative environment with multiple developers. You don't want to just train people how to do it and then step on everybody's toes. You want them to know how to do it in a way where the development manager doesn't want to find me and hurt me, right? <laughs> so for teaching them these secrets. So I want to do it right. And I think that's, that's my passion project. I think it could be definitely an endeavor that takes more than a year to do. But uh, I, I hope, uh, you know, coming out on the other side of it, there will be a community that absolutely loves it because I get rave reviews on these sessions that I do. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again and see you next time.